Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, the show where we tell real stories from real people and get real solutions. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile, how to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and today we're talking to the celebrated Reiki master and teacher, April Fender, who recently moved from Los Angeles to Maui. An advocate of being true to your highest self, April believes in following your dreams, visions, and goals, and that Reiki is how to get to connect more profoundly to ourselves and to one another, which ultimately will enable you to be in the driver's seat for your own life. April helps people heal and awaken to their true passions. April does retreats and workshops. She designs healing curriculums and programs focusing on awakening, transformation, and empowerment. She's written three books, including a fairly new book out called The Complete Guide to Chakras. She moved to Hawaii to serve a larger international community. She's so much fun to be around and she has this really infectious smile. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, April. Thank you for that glorious introduction, dear heart. I am so honored to be here with you today. Yeah, it's so good to see you again. So I was doing a little bit of research on you, and it says that you've been a healer for 15 years now, which of course made me think, well, okay, what'd you do before that? <laughs> so it's, it's you know, what's funny is that we're moving into a time where we have all these different beautiful timelines overlapping. And some of my story has that in it, right? We have a timeline where I was working in marketing and I had an advertising degree and I wanted to help everyone fall in love. So I actually worked over at match.com way back in the day. Yeah. And I, you know, I would always give healings to my friends and my family. And that's how this really started is my, my passion for serving and for really helping people to come to a place where I had found in my own dharmic path, which is the path of awakening and exploring a mindfulness consciousness practice. And it really just started with me, you know, discovering yoga, discovering meditation, and really following those paths. And as those evolved, building an entire healing business out of that. And it took many years to get there. But yeah, there was different parts of my journey that I definitely served in in different capacities and different roles. And I loved that the, the human part of of what we get to do in this world of playing with different roles and wearing different hats and working in an office with people, you know, just, I think it really gave me a a grounded sense of what a lot of us go through every day, because I know I can be a little further removed in the healing space. You know, I'm not really dealing with all the dynamics that we deal with in a workplace. And it's really important to have that, that background. So I am, I, I don't regret any of it but it was, it was a time of growth in my life when I was trying on different hats. And I think we've all, I think we've all been there for myself. It was like, I feel like I've lived, I don't know, 10 different lifetimes in this lifetime. Does anyone else feel that way? (laughs) Yeah, I am sure plenty of people relate to that. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that moving to Maui is one of your biggest changes that you've made. It's a huge leap. So what brought that about? Although I, I mean, I get it. I love Maui, but what it's a huge leap and congratulations. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. It is a huge transition. So my, my word of advice for anyone who's going through a large transition right now, I know 2020 has brought so many changes within and without that we are really have been feeling like we're preparing for a change. 
and we know it's on the horizon as we speak change is happening and so for myself I just made a, a actually this sounds really simple right but I made a big prayer when I say I make a big prayer I pray so hard every day for for what I'm supposed to be in alignment with for that just to come into my path with ease and grace but I make that intention and I spend some time just kind of cultivating that awareness around hey I'm going to be able to recognize an opportunity and I'm going to be able to discern that and know when I need to get out of my own way when I need to change direction And so this year has been a a year of a lot of people dropping into their greater sense of inner guidance and direction. And I had to listen to my heart on this one. I see a lot of the community, you know, I've been serving the LA community as my business name formerly had been Santa Monica Healing for a long time. And it's what all my books and programs are published under there. So it's really easy to find, but I knew I couldn't stay as in that limited container forever. And it's not something we, we want to do forever, but I knew the greater mission and purpose was to continue to serve. So like a butterfly comes out of the cocoon, I had to first dissolve and I've had to first shake things up and and reorganize and establish my foundation. Um, And I felt the best way to do that was to make a big prayer, ask where I needed to be. And then I did receive guidance, but not until to be honest with you, pretty much the moment that as I I had to make a decision, Maui came through in my consciousness and the way in which it came through and which I can, um, you know, provide a little glimpse for listeners is that if you're looking to make a big change, you just don't know what it is or where you're, you know, on your path, what that needs to be. When you make your prayer and intention for clarity and guidance, get quiet enough to listen to the responses that are coming through because mine came through in really strange ways. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So when I prayed, I said, well, you know, where would you have me be? What, who would you have me serve? Where am I supposed to be? So I would go outside to walk my dog in Santa Monica, you know, Palisades park, just really nice and cushy little area up there. I would go walk my dog and I would see someone passing by with like a Hawaiian shirt on and a Maui Hawaii hat or some, and, you know, one of the first things I'll see is a license plate from Hawaii on the mainland, or I'll see, you know, I would see, I would start just really, the signs were coming in pretty hard. And I, or I would, you know, go onto social media and the first thing I would see, I would go to make a post for myself and I, but instead the feeds would come up and it would be like pictures of Hawaii. So it, things were coming through in, in various ways that led me to that, like nudge, like nudge, nudge, like this is where you're supposed to be. And as I tuned into that more stronger spiritual meaning and purpose for me, I felt like this, you know, Maui is so interesting. It needs a lot of healing. It's a place of healing, but it's also a place that needs healing in many ways, which I can go into for like hours, but just really high level. It is, it, it is calling lightworkers right now, but as are many places, there are many places that have been calling and I call them little light assignments like we're getting reassigned almost in new areas and it's so funny like you so for you you know staying in Beverly Hills and staying in the LA community and I love that community so much I've been a part of it for years and it's very near to my heart it is an important you are a crucial piece exactly as you are 
because your frequency and your energy needs to be there because it's, it's you like everywhere where we're assigned is exactly where we need to be. And that's what we have to remember unless you're getting that nudge. Hey, it's time. Okay. It's time for, for what let's listen. So we are like little pieces of the puzzle making this big light grid everywhere. So personally, I know so many people in LA right now that have made changes. And this is just in our local community, but I can imagine the world. And I know you have a lots of friends that I'm sure you share this experience with that they've been feeling the nudge too. And I wonder if some of our listeners have also been feeling a little nudge. Yeah, I, I'm sure. And that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you. What would you tell someone that has that little inner voice telling them they should make a change, but they're not sure, or, or that maybe they should change a job or move. Like there's just something they're in the wrong relationship or they should get in a relationship, whatever it is, it could be finance, romance, where they live, anything, but they're, they're not sure. Oh, that's just discontent. It's because everything's messed up in the world or, or whatever. And they're not listening to it. What would you tell somebody? Yeah, I would say if it's a maybe, this is such such a simple way to put it. And it's like the most direct way. If it's a maybe, it's still a no. It's not going to be a yes until it's a heaven yes. Like we are going all the way with our empowerment and our full body yes. And right now you're going to see ideas and illusions and revelations coming through a collective consciousness that it's a little scary to think about sometimes we don't bring a fear vibration but we we think about wow there's so much misinformation there's so much conflicting polarity things that are happening in the collective that we don't want to pull from the collective anymore we don't want to pull our ideas from the media we don't want to pull our ideas from what's going on in the in the mass collective that's that's not a smart thing (laughs) to do right now now it's good to be aware and it's good to know what's going on and as far as your own sovereign being how do i determine what my yes is because there's so much there's so much we have to to wade through to be to in order to get really clear with ourselves and i'll tell you what Our consciousness is moving into a place, and I would argue has moved into a place where you're operating from, I'm operating from, and I know a lot of your listeners are operating from already, is a heart-guided place. And so when we feel into a decision that it needs to be from your heart, now, I know some people on here might be, you know, into astrology, your zodiac, your um, human design, like, oh, I'm a manifesting generator. I feel into my sacral first. If you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. But I, I encourage everyone to start feeling and running decisions by your heart, because if we're too much in our head, right, we're in the ping pong, ding, 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 ding in our head, we are not operating in our heart space. We're operating in an ego consciousness. And, and that can be a little dangerous. And it can, it certainly feels exciting to our heart space to know a solid answer. And sometimes we're not comfortable in staying that in that uncertainty. We just know, hey, well, this is a decision that's up for me. I have a lot of different options. This could happen. I could see a timeline where this could happen, but does it feel like a full yes? So until you are at the full yes, 
I would argue and present, I wouldn't argue with anyone, but I would present this information as like an opportunity for you to just get really clear in your heart space and feel into your yes. And it may be no, 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 until the moment that it's a yes. And then you are going to have your full guidance behind you. So that is, that's my little um, piece of advice on how to weigh, you know, our, our ego in these times against like what, what our highest consciousness is, is directing us towards. I was, and here's my truncated answer. And what I was taught when in doubt, do nothing, which is actually what you said, <laughs> unless you're, unless you're really there in your heart's centered space, but for people who are just scared and running from fear, but they know, you know, and it's time, but they've just run from a place of fear for too long. What would you tell them? Fear consciousness. I would, I would propose an invitation to weigh what is yours versus what is coming in from the collective as not yours to hold. So a lot of times we can think of fear as a personal identification marker when it's not. It's just a gauge and it's just a, well, I mean, in the energy world, which is my specialty, it is a lower vibrating frequency. And so we're not made up of lower vibrating frequency. Like when we go back to our soul level, that's not a fear consciousness. That's a love consciousness. That's a five five-dimensional and higher unity frequency where we are just boundless, endless love. We are eternal. We're not, we're actually all woven in together. We're not separate. And so when we look at, when we look at that, the fear frequency and how that fits in there, there's only love and then an absence of love. So if we're experiencing separation consciousness, which could be also that fear, right? I would, I would propose to allow the fear feeling to sit, sit with that, feel it. And then we have to feel to heal. So what do we do? We release it. Just like when we're holding on, like imagine like a pencil in my hand and then just letting it go and it would fall to the floor and roll. And that's exactly what we do with the fear frequency. We hold, we, we're holding. And then once we recognize, hey, I have been holding on to this. Oh, geez, you know what? I'm going to be super compassionate with myself and recognize that I too have been holding, but now I can take responsibility for that and let it go. And it is a conscious choice. It's not something that we have to be beholden to because as creator beings, we know that we're not playing that game of it's happening to me, right? We're, it's, it's happening for me because I created this in my consciousness. So that brought up a couple of different questions. First, Reiki. Why don't you explain what that is for anybody who isn't aware? Yeah, so Reiki, and you can pronounce it a bunch of different ways, but sometimes I, I, I pair it together as the two parts of the word. So Rei, meaning universal, and Ki, meaning energy. And Reiki is the universal energy channel. And so when we are receiving Reiki, we are receiving a clearing. So an energy cleanse. And some people, you know, will call this like an auric cleanse or a chakra cleanse or balancing. And it's one of the things that I work with during my sound healings, but it's also something that I have been, you know, had a long time practice with. I have a couple different masteries and lineages, but it's all just words, right? Because at the end of the day, like the energy speaks for itself and that's a loving frequency. And we get to tune into that anytime that we meditate, anytime that we're in a, a 
giving place with our energy, open place with our energy. And a lot of people channel Reiki naturally. And you, you understand like when we are working with a child or giving, nurturing and loving to a partner or someone, a friend who's ill, okay? We, we are working intimately with that person and passing energy to them. And we are, when we are working with Reiki, we're doing the same thing, but we are channeling the energy. So with an attunement, we actually have a lot of our spinal channels and our chakra channels open up so that we can support that energy transmission. Because if you're giving Reiki and you're not attuned, let's say we're not trained or anything, we're just giving, 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 what happens? We get pretty depleted because we are giving, giving, giving. And so I know for my women clients, we, you know, and all of my sisters and we just give a lot. And that has been the program is just to give until we're depleted. But this is an old paradigm as we know, because we are, we're no longer giving, giving, giving. We're not the giving tree. We are, we are channeling and allowing others to, we're serving others, but we're not depleting ourselves which is really important. I would say that that's pretty much the most important thing to remember about Reiki. But a lot of people that I've given Reiki to or and friends also describe it as a loving energy, which is, is it feels a little like electricity. It feels like a little like buzz, body buzz. It feels like a massage for your soul. And it's really gentle. It, you can literally any age, right? We I've worked on actually my youngest. I, if you consider like in utero youngest, because it is safe for pregnancy. <laughs> pregnancy. So I've worked on babies. I've worked on you know ninety, you know ninety and up, like elders, and and bless them because they're like so open to trying something like that and everybody in between so it's really like safe and gentle as compared to something like body work that we can experience which I love body work I love all kind of energy healing and it's really important to to find a practitioner that you resonate with and that feels good energetically to you because if somebody says you know well maybe they come with a lot of credentials but you're just like I don't know about their energy. I'm not really vibing with that frequency. It doesn't feel um, good to me. That that will affect <laughs> the session. So it is important to pick someone and go with 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 a Reiki healer or with the healing vibration that you're feeling that frequency for sure. Okay. This is bringing up a question I was gonna, and I will get to about negative people. Remind me about that because I feel like that's incredibly important because I try to keep myself away from negative people as much as possible. But aside from that, my daughter is in college and somebody that she knows at college who's gone through a hard time did some Reiki last week or the week before. And she wanted me to be sure to ask you, she did a Reiki session and the person told her, oh yeah, you should go back with him and this and that, and this guy who cheated on her, whatever. Anyway, I said, mm, where'd you find the per the Reiki healer? Or where she found that she found the Reiki healer on TikTok. <laughs> I know that was my reaction for anybody who's only listening, which I would think is almost everyone. Yeah, register your shock or laughing. I didn't know you could find healers on TikTok, but <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know TikTok is is the is a thing like a way a platform that people are using for business but i i and actually i've not i haven't even logged onto that but occasionally i'll see it through other channels and i i so such an interesting time we're in right now 
it, it really is. And it was a lot of money. You know, college students don't have a lot of money. So would you have something, any words of advice for my daughter's friend? Oh, sweetie. I, I would say to, to tune into your discernment and no healer should ever, you know, I think it's actually almost like bad manners to, even if you have like a psychic energy that you're tuning into to inform someone what they need or do not need to do. But if I were her, I would sit with the highest excitement and highest timeline for yourself and, and tune into your own discernment. Cause at the end of the day, it's such an intimate relationship between two people that only you can be the one that needs to, to decide like, well, am I ready to, you know, come back in a more harmonious way, especially when it comes to exes. We do have a, as we speak at the time of this recording, we have a retrograde that's ending. Lauren, I would say for her friend that next week, she will have more clarity on the situation because we are shifting through a lot of timelines right now. And, and because it sounds like that person, that healer she had gone to came through with some advice on a very specific timeline, just keep in mind that there are infinite number of probabilities existing right now in the timeline that surrounds her. And she needs to pick the one that will provide her with the most highest frequency of love for herself. And that may not mean seeking love outside of herself. So it may not mean go and get back together with this person, especially if it was an abusive relationship. I don't know if that's enough time to change. That's not something that people just do overnight. Retrogrades actually provide a window for people to, well, look at the word retrograde. We're circling back it looks like things are resurfacing. This is when exes recycle themselves. And so this is not a time to be thinking about getting back together with your ex, in my opinion, or even putting that on the table. However, if she's really still set on this, tell her to sleep on it for a week and feel into it after some of these timelines have shifted because she's going to get a better picture. And I bet you she'll wake up and have a lot more clarity on what actions she needs to take. Thank you. Now, you bet. <laughs> now we'll go to negative people. What do you do when you encounter people saying, you're moving to Maui? Why would you do that? You have all this built up here. Or you're leaving marketing and all, the, all of this that you're doing and Match.com, such a great company. And you're going to do what? Be a healer? What are you, crazy? <laughs> and, and when you encounter people like that. Well, I'm kind of, it, it, that's so funny. It, in a unique experience, I'm an Aquarian sun and it means I'm a little more esoteric than the rest. So I actually have no problem going outside of the lines. And you, I know you, <laughs> when is your birthday, by the way? February. February what? 10. 10? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's my birthday. That, <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> oh blessings that's so sweet we just had a really fun discovery okay so let me tell you about us okay so we we tend to be okay with the fringe kind of stuff even though that might not be our path to walk but it might be and we're much more accepting of that in 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 a more compassionate humanitarian way we're very forward-thinking and so when I approach negativity, and I know a lot of the times we can't get away from it, sometimes we can, sometimes we can't, sometimes it's in the family, right? 
And when, what I get questioned a lot around is how to protect our energy around negativity if it's unavoidable, which is really the deeper stuff. Because when we know when we have friends that are not in our vibration or that we feel drained after that we're in contact with them, that that may, might need to be a relationship that we give less energy to and focus, refocus on the more positive energy. So you, you better believe I won't be making dinner plans with them. And I still can love them from afar and draw that healthy boundary. Now, when, when there is negativity that you cannot avoid that's in your home space, okay, let's just say home space because everybody has been quarantined during this process. Maybe, you know, whenever this airs, we'll just say for 2020, there was a large swath of it that held people accountable in the home space. And there were, were a lot of tensions. And what I will say is that the more you work on your personal energy, the higher frequencies that you carry, the higher frequencies that you carry, the more this creates a ripple effect in your field. So by healing yourself and by doing your inner work, you are actually healing the people around you. Now, this is not going to be an overnight thing where you can go to a healing session, come home, and the mother-in-law is like in love with you, okay? Again, like I don't know what kind of dynamic that was going on with that mother-in-law, but whatever. You guys get my my drift. The thing is, is that this is something that's cumulative, that's co-creating and cultivating over time. And we can learn to be really strong in our root chakra, which is our chakra for boundaries, personal boundaries, to make sure to cut those energetic cords. When we go to sleep, we also do our energy cleansing. So I have a practice where, especially when I had my office in LA, which was like my favorite part is like cleansing people when they come in the office. So just saging, or you can do a little Palo Santo or spray. Additionally, we, you know, got the Himalayan lamps. Now I have, I have friends and healers and shamans that will say, well, that's pretty superficial, that stuff. That's like just getting your aura. Well, yes. And it's holding an intentional space for you to be able to cleanse your energy. Because if we unconsciously, like think about energy hygiene, okay? If we never washed our hands, that wouldn't be good for business right now, especially not this year. So what, what we do is we're consciously always cleansing. And the same thing with your energy. If you had energy work done, let's say 10 years ago, we're like, you know what? That's great. I, I'm cleansed. Good. Or if we went to the gym once and I mean, I, I don't even, I, as I speak, I don't even like go to the gym. I just go running. But let's say you went running once in your life and then you were like, well, that's it. I should be in, but it doesn't really work that way <laughs> because we're, we're in a, a, a different place like than that. We need to be consistent and the consistency in our practice is really the thing that's making the difference. So I really appreciate that question. And I, and I want to present that there's a number of different ways that you can approach it and continuously separating those energies in your mind, like leaving someone in their truth while you're standing in your truth and keeping those boundaries up. So when someone wants to siphon your energy and they, you can say, you know, I'm, I'm, I really want to hear what you're saying right now, but I'm not available for that at this time. And we should circle back later. Oh, that's good. I really like that. <laughs> that was good. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
excellent. I actually, I went to a place once they taught me years ago how to clean my own chakras and all of this and gave me a book from, you know, Healer in South America. And I mean, it was all, it's all so good. I'm sure your new book about chakras, well, you have 12 chakras. Is that, did I do that right? Did mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it, it, it's actually, it's a transpersonal chakra system that we're talking about in the new book. So I do go over all of the traditional chakra systems. There's actually, in my research, I found it's a very well-researched book. I had spent many months researching this book, but, uh, and I had several editors researching with me. So I had a full team. And what we did was really uncovered a lot of this is like ancient mystery school stuff, right? Of all about all the chakra systems in all the parts of the world. And what I have found resonant in my practice and what I've developed through my own work is working with the 12 chakra system, which is chakras that exist outside of your body. And then corporal chakras, which we would consider them correlating with direct organs or glands or functions in your body. So Corporal meaning my heart chakra is corresponding to my respiratory system, my heart, my lungs, and parts of your thymus here. There are different glands that come with that and and all sorts of different energies that are corporal related. And then when we have outside of the body, we have our, our chakras that exist above our crown space and then right below your feet, which starts at the earth star chakra. So if people are familiar with well, there was a book in the 90s by Katrina Raphael. I think it was called The Crystalline Frequency or Crystalline Matrix. Ooh, don't quote me on that one, but you can look it up. She's a beautiful author. She talks about a 12 chakra system that had some similarities. But what I found over the years is that there's not a lot of information on those other transpersonal chakras. There's just not, not even across all the Vedic texts and Sanskrit. And if you look at the, all, all the, the, the Buddhist literature and, and the temple scrolls, like there's just not a lot. So this is developed through personal practice and a lot of years of chakra work. It is an elevated system and it also talks a little bit about humanity's ascension process, which is our consciousness shift that we're going through right now. Oh, that's so great. What is the most common question that you're asked about? I get a lot of clients coming in with very specific needs and it's ultimately tied back to how they can heal and, and what's the most effective way to clear through our issues. And a lot of times by the time people find me, okay, they have been through the medical circuit. They've been to the doctors. Maybe they're doing IVF. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're working with a chronic illness. Maybe who knows? And so a lot of times they do not get the diagnosis right? Sometimes the doctors, and, and I will say, I have a lot of respect for the medical system, have many friends in medical, and sometimes they get it right. And other times they have like little gaps that look like mystery boxes that they'll, they'll say, well, we did all the tests on you and your tests came back normal. So nothing's wrong with you. But what happens with that is that we know that something is wrong. And so what do we do now? And that's who comes to me. <laughs> so that's, that's the, that's the game that like, that's the, the ultimate playground that I'm playing in is like, okay, 
we need to solve things from an energy level. So a lot of times the question is really, I feel like the underlying question is, what do I need to heal? And why did this happen to me? We can get through a lot. We can get through what, what's been corresponding, what's been going on physically in the body. And we can link that up energetically to like, well, how did this happen? A lot of times it's an inner revelation that happens. And I'm just a guide, right? I'm, I'm there to facilitate. And I receive messages. I talk to your guides. I ask them what's in your highest healing. And it's yourself that comes through in a more profound way, in a more present way that allows you to be your own healer. So really I'm holding space for that while you and your higher self are working out a lot of things. And in reality, it looks like the, right? Like I'm doing the healing, except that it's all source consciousness that's actually flowing. And I'm a facilitator for that. So I allow that as a channel to be the mediator for you to come into that actualization. And so the question for, you know, how, how am I, how, how am I healing? How am I supposed to heal this? Usually we get to that answer within a session or two. Sometimes it takes a little longer if it's a more deeply rooted thing. And it's the honor of my lifetime to be able to get to serve in that way, to be able to unveil that for people. And I have seen miracles. I have seen, I believe in miracles. Like I am a champion for miracles as I know you are. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, when we're open to see they're everywhere. I, I just firmly believe that. What would you say to somebody who's having a hard time just getting out of bed in the morning? They're just, what would you tell someone? Not, I don't mean clinically depressed, but just having a tough time. I would say that there is a deeper reason why your soul is creating this experience for you. And until like, this is the lesson of life, right? It, the lesson repeats as needed. So until we are able to come to that reasoning on our own, we can have someone tell us all day, but if we, until we recognize that within, for ourselves, we are not in a place of actualization. And so that lesson is not going to stick. Even if someone says, Hey, you're depressed because this, 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 why don't you fix it with this, this, this? I mean, that's a solution. But what you really want to be asking yourself is why did my consciousness create this experience for myself? And once we can realize that, like, I'll give you an example. When we are finding ourselves attracted to the same kind of person after we got out of a bad relationship. <laughs> Does this sound familiar to anyone? So we're, we're, oh my gosh, my ex used to do the same thing and behave in the same way how could this be that I found another person to reflect this part of my experience? Well, I would call that having a hard time. <laughs> and I would ask, why did I create this? Well, it might need to be that I need to heal my abandonment wound on my own before I can take on a partner. It might need to mean that I am undergoing some massive personal development that are, is opening my eyes. It might be breaking a cycle for myself. I might need to show myself like, hey, I'm worthy. I don't need any of this. <laughs> Next check, please. So I, I, I know that it can be hard and I don't want to rob anyone from that experience of self-realization of like, hey, that was really challenging. 
that was the challenge of my life. And I got through it. And I did that on my own. And I broke that cycle for myself. And I don't have to replay it again. Not in this lifetime, not in another lifetime. It's complete. Definitely. Do you have any things that you do on a regular basis that help you maintain or keep a positive mindset? Do you meditate every day? Do you run, do you run every day? What do you do? Well, I would, I would love, I actually, one of my intentions, Lauren, you hit the nail on the head is to move my body more every day because our body temples are loving us right now to pay attention to them. And as much as I like to say that I do run every day, it hasn't been every day, but I move as often as I can. I love to dance. I love to get in the ocean now because it's warm down here. <laughs> yeah. And I, and even if you can be near some water, even if it's a fountain or some, some running water, like that ionizing charge is so nice. I, of course, as a meditation instructor with that background, like have to tell you that the meditation practice has been a key for me because it's no joke when, when you miss that internal landscape and you're not spending time in quiet or solitude that it, it it, the chaos can overrun you. And when we don't have that internal space, a lot of times we can't even recognize when we need the internal space because it's not there. Of course we can't recognize that. So what I would suggest, and I couldn't, this is something that became really clear to me after I left the LA pace and the LA bubble, because in LA, I was in a service path and I loved I, it, what I do for work. I don't even consider it work because I love it so much. And I was so in my flow very well connected there, have all my clients I've been seeing for years and years and years. And like that, that for me felt amazing. And when I took time to unplug from that circuit for just a little bit, it made me realize that I am also in, as a nurturer and as any nurturing being need to be recharged as well. And so just taking that recharge time for yourself is super important. So if it's doing one thing for yourself, like reading a book, or for me, I actually love like investing in myself for like, you know, going on like a business leadership conference type of thing, like for, for women and also spiritual expansion. Like I like, like experiencing new things in that arena. So I'll invest in one or two of those a year for myself. And it feels really good. It feels like spoiling myself when I get to, I have that get to, right? I get to spend whatever amount it is and invest in back into myself because that feels really good. So if it's like, I know we kind of miss retreat season this year, but maybe next year we'll have that back as an opportunity. And I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to receiving some people in Maui. Going to be setting, setting up an experience for everyone here to recharge which as we speak, it's not developed yet, but I, that is what I do. I do, you know, bring people together and make amazing, incredible experiences. And it's on a, you know, lots, including lots of spiritual development in my programs. So that is an intention I hold. And it's something that's a good practice to, to take that spaciousness for yourself. And especially like the meditating every day, I, I get people who say like, oh, well, we don't really have time for that. That's not really going to work in my schedule. And that's, that's adorable. And, and I also feel like it's something that self-commitment is what you get, what you put in to it. So if you're not committing to honoring your body temple with nutritious foods and rest, movement, and 
spiritual. You know, you're you're not. You might be missing one of those categories, but it's never too late to drop back in. The good news is you have a new chance every single day. And if we did all the self-care things that they say we should do, right? Like it would take up the whole day. We all know that, right? If we like spent a full hour, like meditating and consciously taking in our food and like spend a full time, like beautifying ourselves in the way we want and then, and moving our bodies and, and taking a swim and doing all this, that's a luxurious day. But if you can spend five minutes, like some of my mommy's clients, like lock themselves in the bathroom for five minutes and, and just have their like quiet time, just doing their makeup or whatever, brushing their teeth or whatever. And I think that that's an, an important thing to work in is just getting a little bit of spaciousness. Oh, it's so true. I mean, I, I have five minute energy clearing uh, meditation on an app. I mean, there's so many, there's three minute ones. Like there's, there's plenty. So do you have any message of hope for anyone listening that you would want to give that you weren't able, that we didn't hit? The what's coming through for me in this moment, as I tune in, because of course, in my heart, I could, I, you know, could think of a, a list of 222 things to give you. But what's coming through is like really present for this call, which no matter when it airs, is going to be really important for everyone to hear is that you are a sovereign creator being and that everything is temporary. So remember that you create with every everything in your being from your thoughts to your words to how you know how we behave it all translates into this cohesion of what we see in form and so be mindful with what you're creating recognize that the distortion is temporary and that things are not what they seem right now i know that's going to be important for someone to hear today no matter what timeline you're tuning into this on, replays or not, everything is changing. It is not possible for us to hold on to it all. And so tune into your sovereign self, tune into your creator being, your I am presence is what we call it. And allow that portion of you to speak up for yourself. You are the light that we have been waiting for. You are an important piece of the puzzle. And your medicine is needed. So if you are not giving that medicine into the world, even no matter how small you think that job is, even if it is quite literally serving someone food, quite literally like calling a client back to hear them because they're going through something, you are doing a service by being present and and showing up. And so... (laughs) Please do your service in, in, go in the, in light, do your service with a happy heart and remember that all the distortion is changing and melting away. And we're in for a beautiful rest of the decade as soon as we get over a few humps and it's already written. And so it is going to be happening. We just need to stay positive through it and remember the temporary nature of all that is. Oh, that's a wonderful place to end that. And that is full of hope. So April, thank you so much for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. We look forward to seeing you in Maui. And I will put a link for your new book and for you on the website.
Thank you so much, Florence. And thank you everyone for tuning in with us. It was a real pleasure to be here. And I can just already feel all the energies that have been receiving the codes from this podcast and just from my heart to yours directly sending golden waves of healing light. I love you. Thank you. Yeah, I love you too. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you April's messages of expansion, balance, and purpose. Such fulfilling messages to take into our week ahead. Also, I will put a link to April's virtual courses and classes from Maui if you're interested in seeing more of what April offers. Be sure to tune in next week when super successful and interesting social justice champion Krishna Desai joins us with their enlightening journey. Originally from Chicago, fighting the rights of the trans community, Krishna discovered it was really a personal fight, which I think it generally is. I've gleaned that much from the different people I've been interviewing. Anyway, very, very interesting episode. So join us next week for that one. Thanks for listening. And remember, if there's somebody that you want to hear or a topic that you'd like me to delve further into, just let me know. Just subscribe to the podcast, leave us a positive review, and you can send me a message on the website. Just go to 52weeksofhope.com. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening. <laughs>